Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are moving on. We spent quite a bit of time in the second section in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which was the lists, the three lists of nine items that Paul lays before us here, and we'll not go back through those again. But we finished up the, the third list, which was nine paradoxes of the Christian life. And I find that to be very helpful, very fascinating. But time to move on. I will just list the five paradoxes of circumstances that we looked at before we move on. Paul talked about a living death, that, that characterized his life, protected danger, though he was in danger and was suffering hardships. He was protected through it all by God. Joyful sorrow, though he had sorrow in his life, as do all people, and greater sorrow because he had some spiritual burdens that many people, most people do not have. Nevertheless, his heart was filled with joy. Enriching poverty, though he himself lived a life of relative moderate circumstances with occasional uh, occasional bursts, I guess you might say, of abundance, he was one who made other people rich. He wasn't rich, but he made people rich. And so, enriching poverty. And then the four, fourth one, or fifth one rather, is hidden wealth. Having little of this world's goods, and yet having access to everything that belongs to God. As needed. What good, what, what value, I guess I should say, is, is wealth that is not being utilized. Not really being needed, not being utilized. Well, I've got it there for an emergency. I've got it there in case. Well, a child of God has access to whatever he needs whenever it's needed. He doesn't have to have the wealth. He doesn't have to have it in the bank. It's a hidden wealth that unsaved people would never understand. But having little of this world's goods, but having claim to everything that belongs to God. That's the Christian's position that's pretty good, isn't it? Rejoice, dear brother or sister, in this reality. But now we move on to another section entirely different from what we have been looking at. So thank you for joining me on this Friday, March 3rd. And thank you for helping us with the cost of maintaining the teaching of God's Word on this station. We come now to a short section that talks about hindrances to Christian fellowship. 
We understand the importance of Christian fellowship. We understand the value of it, I think. We understand the joy of it, I think. But there are things that hinder it, and we need to understand that. So here's what Paul says in verses 11, 12, and 13. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. What's Paul talking about? Well, in verse 11, Paul declares his attitude toward the Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians, that's a, my Bible has an exclamation point after that phrase. This is a a passionate declaration. Oh, Corinthians, we meaning Paul and the other members of his missionary team, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. What are you talking about, Paul? Well, Paul is certainly passionate about good relationships. And to achieve that, he he declares that he has been faithful in open communication. We have spoken openly. We have not been holding back. We have not been protecting our thoughts. We have not been unwilling to share openly our feelings, our thoughts toward you. We haven't been guarded. We haven't been been, uh, protective. We have had an open relationship toward you. We'd like, what he's going going on to say is, we'd like to have an open relationship with you, but that's a two-way street. That requires both people doing the same thing that I'm talking about here. When I say, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. Our heart is wide open. We don't have any barriers in our relationship toward you, and our attitudes toward you, and our thoughts toward you. We speak Openly, not guarding anything, not choosing our words carefully, lest we disclose something that we'd rather keep hidden. No, we have spoken openly to you, and we are eager to embrace you warmly. Our heart is wide open toward you. We have nothing in our hearts that would hinder us from having a wonderful, warm, open relationship with you. That is Paul's attitude toward the Corinthians, verse 11. But what is the Corinthians' attitude toward Paul, verse 12? You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. The attitude of the Corinthians toward Paul was very different from his attitude toward them. He spoke to them openly. They were suspicious and guarded and tentative in their communication with him. And they imagined that the problem was on Paul's part. And he makes that clear. He contradicts that. He he denies that. You are not restricted by us. Well, then where is that restriction coming from? But by your own affections. That's the problem. There was a barrier. There was a, uh, 
a lower level of openness and affection one toward the other. In other words, there was a problem. There was a there was a problem. There was a break in unhindered fellowship. They were having some kind of fellowship, but it was not as warm and open as it ought to be. And they imagined that the problem was with Paul, but Paul is saying, no, that's not the case. It's the other way around. We have spoken openly. We have have had nothing but open, unhindered, unguarded communication. Nothing. We're not suspicious toward you. We're not being... We're not being um, we're not being guarded in our speech. We're not we're not unwilling to communicate openly and fully with you. But you are toward us. You are viewing us with suspicion. We're not viewing you that way. You are guarding your speech toward us. We're not speaking to you that way. You are being hesitant. Toward us, we're not being hesitant toward you. There, there is a problem. Clearly, our our fellowship is not what it ought to be. But you have got the, you've got your finger pointing in the wrong direction here to identify the problem. You imagine that the problem is on Paul's part, but the actual problem is in your own hearts. It is on your part. That's what he's saying. O Corinthians. We have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. How many times do Christians have a problem and think that the problem is with the other person when it's actually with them? That is really what Christ was talking about in the famous moat beam passage, the speck beam passage. How is it that you can see so clearly what you think to be a problem with your brother, the speck that is in your brother's eye, and don't realize that the real problem is that big old log, that beam that's in your own eye that keeps you from seeing clearly. You you can't even see things correctly because of the problem in your own life, but you are projecting that problem upon others and thinking the problem is with them when actually the problem is with you. That is a serious matter, and it is a common matter. In fact, this is the way we are going to act and react nearly all the time because of our Adamic sinfulness, unless the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts shows us and teaches us to act differently. And so, talking now about hindrances to Christian fellowship, Paul first tells them what his attitude is toward them. It's open, it's unhindered, it's warm. But he says, your attitude toward me and toward the other members of the missionary team is not the same way. It's suspicious. It is guarded. It is reserved. It is not being completely open to us. But what should the attitude be? Now that's verse 13. 
Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. If you're going to have proper Christian fellowship, there has to be has to be open communication. It's the same thing. We know this is true in marriages. Marriage problems are almost always traced back in some form to communication problems. Now, there are often all kinds of ancillary things. We have a problem because, well, because what? Because she spends more money than she should, or he does. can go, of course, either way. Or because of this or because of that. But almost in every case, you'll find out that there has not been good open communication. If there had been wide open, unhindered, warm, loving communication on a regular basis, then these other things probably would not have developed. And it's the same thing in our Christian fellowship. It requires openness. It requires a reciprocal love. It requires a recognized relationship. And it requires that we not harbor and justify barriers. So many times, instead of removing them, wanting them to be removed and removing them, we justify them. I'm justified in feeling that way. I'm justified in in not speaking to that person except just what's absolutely required. Hello, how are you? And move on. No, that's not going to produce the kind of Christian fellowship that God commands, you must have a proper attitude toward other Christians. You can't harbor suspicion. You can't harbor unforgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, those who have trespassed against us. We must do that to develop proper Christian relationships. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying, Good day. May God give you His eternal peace.